Welcome to Living Water Radio. Today we're going to talk about love, the love that Christians embody, and how it can change your life forever. We'll start by looking at the Gospel of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, about four-fifths of the way through your Bible, the 22nd chapter, beginning at the 34th verse. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, California. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and San Dimas, California for over 40 years. I worked a variety of blue-collar summer jobs in college and seminary, served in the Marine Corps, played drums in jazz bands through college and seminary, and a little beyond, and was a competitive master swimmer on a team before the pandemic. Today, doing gardening and landscape maintenance is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. I was talking with one of my brothers the other day. He said that one of the hardest things for him in this era of isolation is to be afraid of other people. He said he had gone to the grocery store the other day and almost everybody was wearing a mask and gloves. He was pushing a sanitized shopping cart in one-way traffic as the store directed when somebody sneezed. He said that the whole place went silent. Then the guy raised his hand and said, Hey, fever, that's our world. We want it to change, but we're not there yet. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. No one knows that better than a veteran. And no one wants peace more than someone who has seen war. Today is Memorial Day. It's a day in which we remember those who have given what Abraham Lincoln called the last full measure of devotion. We remember those who have died in the service of our country. I remember Dennis Belanger, a friend of mine from high school who joined the army right away and died a PFC in Vietnam. I remember the open casket at his funeral, how he looked like a man, how he had grown a mustache. Sally remembers Richard Chorlins from her high school, an Air Force Academy graduate, a captain who likewise died in Vietnam. We both remember Staff Sergeant Nathan Thompson, a member of the church I served in San Dimas, who served two tours in Iraq, became an Army recruiter in Pomona, and died while on active duty. There are so many others, people you know and we know, and so many, many others who we don't know. Each one of them was a brother, a sister, a spouse, a mother, a father, a friend. And we are grateful for their sacrifice and what it means for our country. Some are also remembering the 100,000 people who have died in the U.S. alone this year of the coronavirus. And we have another name for it now. In addition to the coronavirus, we include the coronavirus, COVID-19, C-19, and the new one, coronavirus-2, SARS-CoV-2. For some, this is the last day of a three-day weekend, which would be more exciting, the talented Jimmy Fallon said, if many of us were not now in a 72-day weekend. For others, today will mean the official start of the summer, literally a day at the beach. We'll see how people respond to the loosening of restrictions and the beginning of the coronavirus recovery. It doesn't look good so far. Some will be acting as if the restrictions are gone. 
Hopefully, some of them will see the video of mass graves being dug in Brazil, even as many there ignore the deadly dangers of the virus also. Likewise, there was some confusion this past weekend over whether or not people could return to public worship, live and in person, and if so, under what conditions. There was also some division over whether they should go, even if they could. There are several things that can guide us in deciding that question, and they all revolve around the idea of love. Love is pretty important in the Bible. When you have a passage that says God is love, that's pretty significant. That theme permeates the whole Bible. In Matthew 22, 34 through 40, we find, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. I read some time ago about a younger person who was asked if they had heard of a band called The Beatles. Oh yeah, they said. Wasn't that Paul McCartney's band before he was in Wings? Yeah, that's right. They were pretty famous. And one of their first popular songs was All You Need Is Love. The lyrics are kind of a head-scratcher. They say that there's nothing you can do that's impossible. All you need is love to do what you can already do. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Nothing, here's, here's the actual lyrics, nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. It's easy. All you need is love. All you need is love. Have you found that learning to be yourself is easy? I haven't. Be yourself, Lily Tomlin said. Everyone else is already taken. It does take love. But that's because God is love. We can't be ourselves until we understand who we are. And we can only understand who we are when we understand whose we are. You gotta serve somebody, Bob Dylan wrote. Or as the bumper sticker said, I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Love, as it is understood in the Bible, is deeper and wider than being laid back and being yourself. To love as the Bible speaks of love is to love selflessly. It is to love as God loves us, without self-interest or hope of gain. It's about living the purpose for which God has made you, and that is for a living relationship with the living God. That relationship puts us in a relationship of love with all those who also love God. In John's first letter, almost at the end of the Bible, we find, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. 
That's why it's hard for some of us to see so many people taking the easy way forward and, in doing so, putting others at risk. Love is who we are as the Christian church. It is what we are about. Love is all we need because God is love, and God supplies us together with all we need. The response to the relationship we are given by the loving and gracious God is to love one another because God first loved us, to do unto others as we would want others to do unto us, and to show that love by giving up some of our freedoms for the sake of others. Our love is God's love flowing through us. It is forgiveness and grace. It is concern for the well-being of others. Wearing face masks whenever we're away from the people we are sheltering with mainly protects others from us. Hand sanitizer protects us from others. Social distancing does both. Together, they have been proven to be unparalleled in protecting everybody from sickness and death. That part in the Bible about loving your neighbor as yourself? Now is the time to let others see that we mean it. Our problem is that we tend to want to look after ourselves. Sin is being curved in upon ourselves. Loving God and neighbor is not natural for us. Sin separates us from God. We are in rebellion against God and want to be God. God draws us out of ourselves and to God's self. God takes the initiative, not ours, but God's. God reaches out to us. God suffers and dies for us. That is what love means. It's been said that everything in the Bible has to say about love can be summarized in two words, Jesus Christ. It is seen in his deeds, all leading to the cross. Love is all we need. It is seen at the cross. It is seen in sacrificing to protect others. And on this Memorial Day, we remember in John chapter 15, starting at verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Today, let's remember to pray for those who provide essential services and for those who seek the common good. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com and we'll send it to you. Put your prayer requests in an email to the same address, therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com, and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your hearts to receive the living water from the source, God's self the living presence of the one true living God, the God who alone gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend or family member. Google it. Do some research. Look around. Phone the pastor. 
When you have one, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available for you and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and your church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google your local hotline or the national ones. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, avoid crowds, and be outside if you have to be in one. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, including those who sacrifice their security to provide for yours and for those you are sheltering with in isolation. That's it. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people in the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.